This episode is brought to you by CuriosityStream. Hey, man. What's up, buddy? Uh, not much. What's up with Pal. you? <laughs> what's, Bro. What's this? How you doing? You doing good today? <laughs> you look so uncomfortable. I'm fine. All right. <laughs> what's up? <laughs> hey, uh, have you ever heard of the suburbs? Like, I feel like I'm thinking like a housing development, but you're thinking like a punk band, which the suburbs is a cool band. It's a cool band name. Yeah. Ironically, if you think about it, I was actually, this is not on subject, but sort of, I was thinking about punk bands the other day and I was like, what's ironic about punk bands is most punk bands, at least of like, like probably starting in like the mid mid nineties, uh-huh. uh, had like, the bougiest upbringings, but they talked oh, yeah, about yeah, yeah, yeah. their songs were like, like oh, oh, I yeah. hate everything. I hate right. my family, but it's like, man, you had, hate my you had a cush life. <laughs> you had a cush life. I hate my parents. We grew up in Pennsylvania, <laughs> middle class. <laughs> everything was fine, yeah. but it sucked. <laughs> exactly. And like with the drums, like, yeah, but it sucked. And it's like their music videos are in their garage. Oh, in yeah. their in, in their, their parents' in garage. Their parents garage. They're insulting the their the parents. Like, <laughs> how do you how do you like you're in a, they're in a house that so let's say your kids are doing it, right? It's your yeah, kids in the yep, band. Yep. You've paid for this home. Yes, exactly. This is your garage. You yeah. pay a mortgage. Yep. A yep. mortgage, if you mort-gage, will. Mortgage. Yeah. And your kids are just out there tearing you to shreds. Tearing you to shreds in your garage. And you're just like walking okay. down your street while the cameraman walks backwards and they sing into the camera. They're yelling like, at you like bring us a bottle of water mom and you're yeah. like I, mom all I want is a Pepsi. That's a yeah. really deep cut. I don't know. If, I don't uh, get it. Yeah, I know, you but I'm sure it. the no one who listens to our podcast will get it either. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't understand your references and it's I'm okay. sure no one else will either. It's okay. It's fine. Okay. Um. So have you ever heard of the suburbs? <laughs> the suburbs. Are you talking about like the housing I'm actually development? talking about the literal suburbs. Okay. Like exactly what you're thinking of. Yeah. The suburbs. The suburbs. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Where Ed, Ed and Eddie is set. Yes, exactly. Got Actually, it. and a lot of things like a lot that. of things are set. the desperate housewives. Yes. live in a suburb. They live in the suburbs. Um, th- uh, Modern Family. Yeah, really any sitcom. Mm, yes, most sitcoms. Most sitcoms. Most sitcoms. The Office. No. Hey Arnold didn't live in a city. He he oh, lived he in was, a he was he lived in like a city. But that's city. a cartoon. That's not a sitcom. Okay. Seinfeld was in the city. Uh, Friends. They yeah, had an overly expensive apartment in the city. In the city. In the city. Yeah. Okay. This is pointless. So it's a it's a suburb section, which is a subsection of Barnes and Noble. <laughs> We're starting a marijuana mecca, you know. Yeah. Let's start our own city. Let's start a call too. We're trying to invent Arkansas, like they're trying to to make those kind of things. Exactly. But nowhere else. That was, yeah. that was a naked mole rat. And that's like that's really what the American dream has died. Things I learned last night. Um, so the suburbs, the suburbs, uh, the suburbs. Uh, so the suburb this is, burbs. The suburb burbs. This is what I'm pretty excited about because here's a little window into how I prep for these episodes. Okay. Typically, I read a lot on Wikipedia the night before the episode, Great. and that's kind of it. This episode, when we started filming uh, this new season, like this new half of the season oh, in January, say, when I started filming this episode today, <laughs> I, I was just, just like, making stuff Let's just up. go for it. You know, how about, it's pretty relaxed. How about we just sit down and we, we just, just make speculate just some facts, you know? <laughs> yeah, no. When we started filming in January, the second half of uh-huh. season four, yeah, I've watched this video uh, about the suburbs and it took me down this rabbit hole and I have Watch TED Talks. I have listened to podcasts. About the suburbs? Yeah, I've read books. I have, like, I have dope. What, do they have a suburb <sighs> section of Barnes and Noble? They do. <laughs> it's actually a little bit further out than everything it's else. It's a subsection, you if you will. To, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's a highway you have to take to get to it. It's a yeah. little further. Yeah, um, yeah. Sometimes. Well, so it's a it's a suburb section, which is a subsection <laughs> of Barnes and Noble, which is right next to the subway inside Barnes and Noble. So it's a sub sub suburb section, and there's a there's a worker there from a different store, right? Because yep, the yep. person got sick, couldn't cover their couldn't shift, cover so he had to he sub had to for sub. them. So it's a sub and the sub sub suburb. <laughs> section of Barnes and Noble next to the subway next to the subway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they have a subway inside Barnes and Noble and also outside Barnes and Noble, like right next to Barnes and Noble, <laughs> right? There's another, another subway. Do you know that subways outnumber McDonald's? Yes. Yeah, it's nuts. Anyway, it's it's nuts way. Uh, 
That's subnauts. I'll tell you what. <laughs> okay, so so here's what's. And so I dove really hard into this because yeah. one, the history of suburbs is really interesting because it's very new. So we'll talk about that a little bit. But two, the most okay. what I'm most interested in is sub. Did I say subways? <laughs> suburbs. 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 I'm gonna say subway That's accidentally. Fine. All okay. So suburbs are um, they're doomed to fail uh, and uh, statistically okay. over time they all do uh, because of so the way they're built. I guess you'll get to this, but like is a suburb the same thing as like when a developer buys a bunch of land and um, then just builds a bunch of houses and sells those houses. So that's part of a suburb. So okay. I guess we can hit that. So real quick, a suburb is just a town next to a city that the people in that town commute suburban. To work. Yeah. Yeah. So they commute it's to like work Mount in Vernon the city and Springfield. Oh my God. <laughs> it, Mount is Vernon it, is a suburb of Springfield. Okay. Technically speaking by this definition, it could be because it, because what it is, is it's a lot of people a work town, in Springfield. Yeah. It's a town close to a major city that people commute to the major city to work at, but they live um, in it's because people city. are priced out of living in the city. Um, yes and no, n- not really. Um, not really. Okay. So, so here's the history. Here's the history. So really for as long as a civilization exists since like ancient Sumer cities have moved through a similar life cycle uh, and that life cycle is it's settled and people kind of build their shacks of where they're going to live. Yeah, um, they, they shack their, up. They shack. That's what it means, right? Uh, I mean, I guess te- uh, maybe technically, I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's where that came from. I don't know. I was homeschooled. <laughs> <laughs> so they shack up and um, <laughs> and if their shacking goes really well, yeah, then they're like, hey, maybe we can build something a little more permanent here. If got it. Uh, oh, so okay, okay, okay. So so a kind of metropolis area kind of starts to boom. Some yeah. business starts to happen. Yeah. So what happens is so does so somebody say, start a business and then people just build around it? So. Kinda. What actually happens? What what actually happens normally? How do throughout how history, does a city start? Yeah, yeah throughout history, what which I know you have ex- ex- shack up. a lot of experience because you've played Cityscape. Yes, yeah. Well, City Skylines, um, okay. or SimCity, or Cities XL, or Tropico. I mean, there's it, it, been a life cycle. But anyways, uh, the life cycle of a city. People shack up in the city, uh, <laughs> and but it's at the t- that time. At that point, it's not a city. It's not a city. It's not a city. It's just a but I'm saying, do, like, do people just go? Well, they they end up there. They build their shacks, and how they're do like, they end hey. up there though? Do you know? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, how does how does a bunch of people decide that this is where we're going to do it? So they they settle. So essentially, what happens is for whatever reason, they just get tired. They they are not at. They're not living permanently in any location. Yeah. Or they left a location where they're living permanently to look for a new place to live. Okay. And there's a lot of reasons someone might do that, but they settle in this location. They build their shacks. And like if, when I moved from Springfield to Kansas City, yeah, it was because I had an ex who was just showing up in my Starbucks all the time. Yeah, which could have happened in. Back then, back then, the 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 reason why the Sumerian in the colonial times <laughs> is that well, the whole reason we had to buy the Louisiana Purchase was to get right? away from it. Was to be like was I don't even remember who was president when that happened. Uh, <laughs> but they were like, okay, listen, it's been a rough six months. All right, she's dating somebody new. We need to buy Louisiana. I need to go to a new frontier. <laughs> I'll tell you what. So. Jaren, I'm worried about you. You got in this breakup and then you bought Louisiana. I mean, yeah. that's a that's an impulse buy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, it's kind of it's a midlife crisis, you know. That's was America's midlife crisis was Louisiana, Louisiana purchase. purchase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's when sense. you get divorced and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to spend my sunset years alone. Yeah. Let me buy. Louisiana. Let me buy the. You know the. You know the Louisiana purchase was more than the state of Louisiana, right? I know. I feel like I you're mean, just like, oh, let me buy the, like the Bayou. But it, it's, it's, the, the, the word buy is in it. Buy you. I mean, I can't not buy it. it I'm gonna buy you. The a name home. is to buy you. Uh, no, I know that, but it's just funnier to say I'm buying Louisiana than buying Louisiana purchase, and then you gotta and next then to Louisiana, you know, and then Lewis and Clark set out. They get credit for a lot of stuff that the white people didn't don't. do. Yeah, so so they build their shacks. Okay, things go pretty well, and then they turn their uh, they build on top of the shacks, or they tear the shacks down, build something new there, a new like more permanent home. Okay, okay, okay. And then what typically would happen is they're not people, adding to their shacks. They're not adding to their shacks. Got it. But what would happen after that is typically they would add on to their home some sort of income generating. 
addition. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. for some people, that's a restaurant. For some people, right. that is like they're a stonesmith or a blacksmith and they have the, got their workshop. For me, it's a podcast studio. For you, it's a podcast studio. Yeah. Uh, and for some people, it's um, a store. So yeah. these things happen as their business becomes more successful. What would happen is people would then their Move whole out of the well, actually what they normally did was their whole home would then become their area of business that's what i'm saying and they would build on top of it yeah and put their home upstairs so they lived upstairs they lived upstairs yeah. and the which people, in my hometown the chinese restaurant the couple actually lives upstairs yeah um and that happens a lot and up until the the 20th century it was really common for that kind of cycle to happen and yeah. the, mo- the more successful a business was the more units they could put above their home and so then eventually they would have apartments that they'd be leasing out to a bunch of other people too mm. that generates more and more income um, and the larger a, a building they could build they would build expansions and be able to build more and so it was a very natural growth yeah they would try it out things would go well they build on top of it things would go well they just keep building on top of it and top of and top so of. it seems like the way that business has shifted is that it used to be you would build out of necessity and mm-hmm. now you build out of a ho- and you build and then just try to fill it. Yeah, it's because like in this apartment complex, there's mm-hmm. so many units that are empty. Empty. Yeah. Yeah. It, I think a good way to look at it is it used to be all necessity and now it's more opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no guarantee that that opportunity is going to pay off. But right. Because I'm not going to risk that. Maybe it will. <laughs> oh, that's right. I told him, I said, listen, there's things that you haven't fixed and uh, I'm not going to pay until I'm you not fix pay them. Until, yeah, there you yeah. go. And then they were like, we can evict you. And I was like, all right, fine, I'll pay. But and you're like, all right, fine, I'll move out. And they were like, no, you won't. Yeah, I was like, I'm gonna go and like, shack okay, up somewhere. <laughs> I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna go, go settle in your city. <laughs> and see, this is the thing now. You can't just start a city now. And that's like that's really what the American dream has died. <laughs> all right, you can't just go. You can't start, just go start a I new can't just city. Go start a Chicago. I that. Like you can't just start a city. I can mean, you? Um, sort of. That's the thing with cities is nobody yeah. goes and says, this is my new city. Uh, people. (laughs) (laughs) I hate that mostly because I had a very similar joke I wanted to make today (laughs) and I'm very aggravated, but I'm still going to make it later. (laughs) So (laughs) I just pull the mug out. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, really very funny. frustrated. It's <laughs> it is hilarious. <laughs> I just did this. I just tried to pour it out. It's underwater. <laughs> I can't do that. I literally was like, "Well, they're done with that. I'm gonna pour that out." <laughs> I love that so much. Okay. Anyway, um, no. What what would actually happen is like you, like say you and me and a couple of our friends, we move out to the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And then one of us opens a subway. That's a cold. And it, and it gets really successful. And then other people are like, hey, I want to live close to that subway. Yeah. And then over time, over hundreds of years, more and more people end up there and it just expands and expands. And so the more cities are cults. Cities are cults that succeeded. The- <laughs> <laughs> They're successful cults. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, this used to be the Kansas cult. You know, <laughs> and then they were like, I think we're a city now. Th- they're like that word sounds a little weird. Let's go a city. Yeah, let's go. Let's go city. That sounds KC, less aggressive. KC. Um, yeah, so that that's kind of the natural life cycle of a city and how okay. it gets and it that's the way it worked up until if people would see a successful business and they would try to open a successful business right next to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, and people saw that and they're like, okay, I want to live close to that. So they'll build their house next to that, try to start a business next to that. Yeah. And then the local governments would build their infrastructure. So their temples, their churches, their, yeah. their government buildings closer to where all churches the used to be happening. the tallest buildings in towns. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And what's happened throughout society is that the tallest building. I don't know if it's done subconsciously or even consciously. Like it signifies what that culture prioritizes. Right. Mm-hmm. So our business buildings are the tallest ones. Yeah. So we we because we prioritize economy money. and money. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And success and fortune. Yeah. Uh, but churches used to be the tallest buildings because yep. that's what people prioritize. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Um, so so then so you get the city, and then people are like, all right, I don't want to live there because I don't like people, but I want to live close to there. You know, it's interesting that never happened throughout the whatever 6,000 years that cities were growing. Yeah, that never happened. Pe- what would happen is it would grow and new things would pop up, but it didn't expand very wide. Um, sure. Suburbanization didn't start until really the post-war era. Um, and oh, really? Okay. What sparked it was so like it was, the 40s and 50s. Mm-hmm. What sparked it was kind of this um, 
perfect storm in yeah. in the U.S. Uh, industrialization is crazy. Industrialization is crazy, but the post-war era really took industrialization to a new level because during the war, during the war, they were just they ramped up everything, mm-hmm. and that's why we ended up with such a massive military budget. Yeah, is that they just never stopped. Yeah, yeah. Like we just ramped it up to be in war, mm-hmm. and then the United States was like, all right, well, we signed all these contracts, mm-hmm. and we got to keep doing them. Yeah. And all these companies got really good at making guns and bombs and planes and trains and automobiles and all these different things. Uh, (laughs) But they got really good at it and they were making so much and they were making a ton of money. These companies, these companies and they're like, okay, so they can't let that business die. Yeah, and they couldn't make as much of it as before. So a lot Mm. of them started shifting their business plan. And so around that era is when you start to see consumerism skyrocket in America because mm-hmm. all these companies were like, hey, we can mass produce you toasters. You can buy a military helicopter <laughs> on credit. <laughs> no, they were like, they're like, okay, we got all this steel and start making toasters and start making refrigerators, yeah. um, cars. Yeah. Up until that point, there wasn't much of a, uh, like Ford was really mass producing cars, but not really many others were. Right. In that era, every other company started being able to mass produce cars. And Volkswagen was like, yeah. we got to rebrand. Uh, <laughs> so so they didn't. The people uh, we were then, making cars for, they yikes. turned out to yeah. be, uh, be literal Nazis. So uh, <laughs> so what happened was we did not see that coming. I'll tell you what. <laughs> uh, VW stands for very wrong. Oh, <laughs> that was their press release. They're like, guys, we're going to be on. And they were kind of ahead because that's a pretty yeah. modern press release. Yeah. They're like, guys, VW stands for very <laughs> wrong. <laughs> you know, it was like, that's weird. Uh, we're really sorry about it as yeah. a company. Yeah. You know, we weren't there. We made a lot of money, but Buy now our cars. we are. <laughs> Buy our cars. Uh, so, yeah. So they and what they realized was, hey, um, we can sell a lot of these cars, but cities were much more compact and dense at the time. Really so cars. you didn't need cars as much. Most people walked everywhere. Um, Are you saying that suburbs were an invention of the car industry? Not necessarily. There they was capitalized. There was that. more people who had cars. Uh, and then at the, around the same time, the interstate system was installed. I don't know. I that was the 70s. The right word. Um, it, it, it was around the same time they started adding in highways. That was Eisenhower. And, was he 70s? That he did the interstate system. I thought it was. Well, anyways, Around the same time, was he? they oh, started he was adding 60s, highways right. and bringing things together, um, and that made it possible for people to live further from yeah. the urban core. Uh, and so, what happened was, uh, real estate investors started to say, "Hey, there's an opportunity here. More people have cars. There's an easier way to get into the city. There's a lot of cheap land outside the city, and so they would buy massive swaths of land, yeah, and build houses." as cheap as they possibly could Which is what developers to do yeah. still. Mm-hmm. And so this was a, a revolutionary change in the way cities happened because forever it was if I wanted a home, I would find a place that I wanted to live with with an empty spot of land and I would build it there myself. And as as I grew and I became more successful, I would add on to that or tear it down and build something new when I could. Yeah. Um, but now instead of now I can get a loan and I can get this house instead of there being somebody who actually had a need for the land. They built on opportunity to mm. say somebody might want to buy this. Uh, and they also added in the same era 30 year mortgages before then it was only five year mortgages. So most people couldn't afford to own yeah. something because mortgages were too quick to pay off. Uh, so now 30 year mortgage mm-hmm. on a when my grandma bought her house in 72 in Mount mm-hmm. Vernon, mm-hmm. it was twenty two thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah. On a 30 year mortgage. Yeah. Isn't that insane? It's like a hundred bucks a month. Exactly. It's insane. So it became incredibly affordable for people to be able to move. You know what I think about sometimes I think about that and I think about in 40 years people are going to be like, whoa, mortgage should be a thousand dollars a month. <laughs> I think about that all the time. Yeah, that's insane. Like that's how milk sad. half a gallon of milk is two dollars. Yeah, that's that's scary to think about. Like inflation is going to be it's just insane that that's it's really just scary. like, yeah, it's you know, I panic about it pretty I often. Hate that, I hate anyway, that you made me think about that. Sorry. Yeah, you want to think about something different? <laughs> yeah. Are you ever insecure about your nipples? <laughs> <laughs> like, are you ever like, I don't know if I got, you know, because you've seen other people's right. You know what they're supposed to look like. I, here's the thing. I used to be. I used to be because for my chest hair pattern, the first thing that sprouted was right around my nipples, just a oh, ring yeah, around yeah. my nipples, but nowhere else. I was, yeah. I was a naked mole rat. Um, and they were long little little nip hairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I used to cut them nip hairs. before I went to the pool. I'd pull them out and just cut them. 
Okay, you held your hand real far out there. So I don't know if that was cartoony or if that was literally how long your nipple hair was. It was long. Yeah, I don't know. So so far in this podcast, we've said shacking up and we've said nipple hair. I think we've got to change it to explicit. I don't know if we're family friendly anymore. But wow, you quit your job of the church and we just really dove in, didn't we? Hey, we want to take a second to thank this week's sponsor, Curiosity Stream. Man, this is one of my favorite services. I actually am subscribed to this and I love it. Um, for $3 a month, you can get access to thousands of documentaries. It's a documentary streaming service, just like Netflix. You go on there, all kinds of documentaries in science, technology, history, you name it. They got it. And it was even created by the dude uh, who used to run Discovery Channel, Animal Planet, Science TV. So really reputable uh, documentaries all throughout it. And it is awesome. Only $3 a month. You can't get a better deal like for anything like this. Yeah. I watch it all the time. You can sign up at tillin.com slash curiosity stream today. Um, anyways, <laughs> so they uh, so they were building an opportunity. They're building an opportunity. Like, Someone might want this, Yeah, which is what all of business is now is mm-hmm. you just kind of try to do something and be like, maybe people will want you end up, exactly. you end up losing so much money in business mm-hmm. because of that. Mm-hmm. And if you're right, but that's just the cost. Right, of business. You can make a ton of money. Yeah, and and that's the thing. If they you're were wrong. Right. They painted this American dream where yep. you own a home, you own a car, uh, you have your own land, your own toaster, whatever you want. Yeah, you have it. Um, and hey, people tell you, what, you buy this house. We'll throw in a toaster for free. Yeah, and <laughs> you people flock to it. Uh, Seems like a good deal. <laughs> <laughs> people people started flocking to the suburbs um, really and uh, yeah, so people started flocking to the suburbs and w- what this did is this created a system of suburbanization in America yeah. that was one uh, never happened before in the history of the world. Yep, so we had no um, no template to say this is how this works. Okay. And so what happened was these suburbs would pop up and they generally would go to neighboring towns that already had an existing downtown. Um, and so when you look at towns like closer to the city, they usually have this historic downtown. Yeah. Um, and they'll say that this town has been here since like 1880. And that te- that's true, the downtown, but the suburbs that grew up on or grew up around it were Not. in this suburbanization yeah. area. Uh, and what is so before it was, it was just another kind of city. Yeah, just a small just city. The other one took off. Yeah, the bigger city. The bigger city took off, and then that needed more population. Yeah, and those people wanted their own home, so their town grew around this urban center. That's the smaller downtown area in that town. Well, you fast forward the picture to the eighties, nineties era, late seventies, eighties, nineties. Yeah. And they started building around shopping malls. And so it's the same mm. thing. They went further out into bigger empty spaces. They built this massive shopping mall and built all their homes and neighborhoods around the shopping mall, which is both of these systems you would never see in a city of the past. There right. would be it would be your homes would be littered in with your commercial areas and your working areas because people walked everywhere. Right. So it had to be close. But now with with the cars, people could be further from everything they needed. And so there'd be one central shopping mall and then there'd be like strips of stores and offices and restaurants and stuff. But for the most part, the city was built around this shopping mall. Yeah. And you fast forward that even further. This city on shopping malls. There you go. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Late nineties through the 2000s. I thought it was funny. (laughs) I was trying something. Okay, <laughs> this just it hurt, it cut deep. Well, I mean, okay. Anyways, uh, so then you come to my house. <laughs> Go ahead. So in the mid nineties, yes. that shifted again because yeah. because what you saw is when the shopping malls, the suburbs of the shopping malls blew up, the suburbs with. The, the actual city with the downtown area, those all shut down and shuttered because they couldn't sustain anymore. Yeah, they can't they say because the, the people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, now the further out suburbs open up and they are all centered around the big box stores. And so they have the Walmart, the Target, the Home Depot, the Best Buy and everything. The most cities have one, two, three, four or five of these little centers where there's big box stores. And then so, and then around that are all your restaurants, your banks. Like your I live in a suburb. Stores. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so and now all the homes wrap I have around a Kansas that. city address though. What's your address say? Blue Springs. That's right. You piece of junk. <laughs> you don't live in Kansas City. Okay, whatever. Um, KC Mo or KC No. 
All right. Um. I think you're trash is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> and so so you get this this kind of new era of suburbs. Here's the issue with all of this. Yeah, is it's just spreading so much stuff out is these suburban cities. They cannot sustain themselves. They can't exist without the big city. Mm-hmm. And so you think they so? are. Yes, they are financially insolvent um, and Why? the data shows that they all this always happens um, and it's Why are they financially insolvent though because the so cities rely on taxes for their income, right? right? When a oh, but if you start a suburb, that's its own municipality. Mm-hmm. So that suburb is getting that tax revenue from the suburb only. because I have a Kansas City address. My taxes go to Kansas City. Yes, but you have a Blue Springs address, so, so you're destroying my city. Well, my taxes go to Blue Springs, but here's here's the issue. Here's the issue in a traditional city. Um, so I read, but you still use the resource and the everything of downtown. Yep, yep, that's the issue. So, yeah. so, so you're paying taxes for Blue Springs, mm-hmm. but you're using the resources of Kansas City, Missouri, but you're yeah. not contributing the resources. Of Kansas well, City, I am, and we'll get to that. Okay. So I read I read this book called Strong Towns. Um, I can't strong remember strong towns. Yeah, I can't remember the author's name, but he's okay. he's got this whole thing on building. Sounds towns. like <laughs> sounds like a Mark Driscoll book for city planners. <laughs> you know, it's like strong towns. <laughs> yeah, that's you actually know? pretty accurate. That, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's what it seems like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Description. Um, Each town has to wake up every morning and chop down a tree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm John Eldridge, and this is how you make strong towns. <laughs> so, so he talks wild about, at heart of the city. That's I mean, that's a book right there. I'll tell you what <laughs> he talks about two blocks in his neighborhood yeah. where he grew up um, and in these blocks, they're separated by one block of just regular residential homes. One of the block is kind of your traditional city style blocks where it's um, three to four story buildings. Yeah. There's five or six buildings wall to wall right next to each other on this block. Okay. First floor has commercial units and then second, third or fourth floor. However tall they are have uh, offices or residential units. Yeah, so there's about 15 or 20 tenants in this building. The building is an older building. It's been around for about 100 years, um, but it's sitting there on that yes. lot, right? Two blocks over, there is a Taco John's, um, but the Taco John's is was built in the 2010s. Yeah, and it was built after the unit that was there that was very similar to the other block was blighted. Do you know what that means? Have you heard of blighted? Torn down? No. So, well, yeah, but so there's this thing. Um, there's this thing called uh, uh, blight where a government can declare a property blighted. Basically, it means that it's in disrepair or really just ugly. They, they think it's 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 ugly. Um, yeah, that's what happened in my hometown. They tore down a whole like really historic block. Did they really? Yeah. Yeah. And so the government can just declare a building or a block or an entire neighborhood blighted and uh, they can just level it and build whatever they want there to replace it. Yeah, um, it's so- kind of what you wish you could do with people. What? Not like, not like, you know what I'm saying? Not like, not like groups of people. That's, that's genocide. But I mean, like, you know, sometimes you just look at a person, you go, I, I, in my mind, you're blighted. Like, you don't exist to me. Like, Like you're you're in line at Starbucks. You're so annoying. And I hate you as a person. Yeah. uh, That you're blighted from my mind. Yeah. Yeah. You're in line at Starbucks and a lady asks to speak to the manager and you're like, that's blight. (laughs) Like, somebody tear her down. Uh, Take her out. Uh, I would like to speak to the mayor because I've got someone who needs to be blighted. Uh, and they just get freaking Yikes. slingshotted into the sun, you know, just yeah, that's I mean, that's where cancel culture is going. Yeah, we're going to start blighting. We're going to start slingshotting people into the sky. <laughs> they come down two miles later. It's kind of like shooting a gun in the air. They got to come down, you know, so they just they, you know, they, they, end up they come down. Yeah, they kind of end up in a different suburb. Gosh. Go terrorize somebody else. So yeah, go so ruin somebody else's life. <laughs> Blight is actually really sad because because yeah, I mean, the government I mean, just taking, takes some someone's property. Is it like eminent domain? It's it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah, um, eminent domain. They can just be like, hey, the government needs this property. Yeah, it's if the government has a need. But blight is if they say, hey, your house is uh, ugly. The government doesn't have a need. The government has an opportunity. The government the government just doesn't like your property. Yeah, it's ugly like, this to is us. Bad and we don't want to look at is, it anymore. Well, so we're gonna tear it down. Like as far as the city planning kind of go, you go this block, this building mm-hmm. is ruining the aesthetic. Yeah, it is ruining the aesthetic. Which would make sense for like old, and the reason they do that, which is not justifiable at all. But I mean, essentially, they're just they're just taking it from people who can't afford to pay that block. 
Well, in theory, but it actually doesn't work out that way. So he, because I so, imagine that in theory, they're thinking run down buildings, things like the West bottoms mm-hmm. when they were all just completely yep. crapped out. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah. So if, 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 if it's vacant, then yes, that's true. Sure. Um, but if it's owned by somebody, but it often happens where it's not vacant and they have tenants in all the units um, and they just want to build something else there um, that they think would look nicer. I hate um, that. So, so does that happen a lot to white people? Who no. does it happen mostly it, to? It's literally all of your marginalized people groups yeah. is who it happens to the most. What's interesting, I are you going to talk about redlining in this? We'll touch on it, but we won't talk about it. Okay, because have you seen the redlined map of Kansas City? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's aggressive. Insane. It's insane. Okay. And th- and that's that happened in line with suburbanization, and that's part yeah. of why suburbanization was such a big boom is really because of redlining um, and the white flight. Because this area was deemed not great for business, mm-hmm. uh, almost exclusively because it was black people. Yeah. And then uh, because it's not deemed good for business, obviously you can't work there or build a business there. So <laughs> you try to get a loan somewhere else. Anyway, yep. suburbs. Yep. So, so yeah. So that was, that was a, um, a sort of symptom that led to suburbanization. Got it. Uh, but I, I don't think it was the only thing that happened. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, but yeah, and, and it's, it's really sad. It's very bad. But so the government can basically just say, I don't like what's on this block. Yeah, we your house is ugly. I'm going to tear it down. Okay. Um, and that's what they did in this neighborhood. And so he talks about the We're tax revenues. We're going to slingshot your house under the sun. What's really interesting is he talks about the tax revenues between those two blocks. Okay. Um, and there's a vast difference between the two. And you might think that the Taco John's would make a lot more money, but that's not true. The Taco John's, because they moved in there, they got a tax break to move yes. to that property. Yep. And they are able to land a lot of other tax breaks for things like keep upkeeping the property, making it look nice. So that's how, that's how a city will incentivize businesses to come here is like, Hey, we'll give yep. you, you know, you don't have to pay this much taxes yeah. for the next 10 years or whatever. Exactly. But then what happens is the business exists for 10 years and they move somewhere else. And they move. Yep, exactly. And so they, they live off of their tax breaks for, for 10 years while this other unit and uh, while they are paying less taxes per unit, they have 20 units in this block where the other one has one unit that's getting a massive tax break. This other one has 10 units that is that is providing a lot of different taxes because they're getting property taxes from the building owner. They're getting sales taxes from the stores in the lower level and they're getting um, business taxes from the businesses that are in there and they are getting um, taxes from the the tenants who are renting space. Right. And they're getting taxes um, from income taxes from the people who work there. So it's generating a ton of tax revenue from a lot of different sources. That one unit where Taco John's is getting a tax is getting a massive tax break. And then their income tax and their sales tax from that is they're selling an incredibly cheap product. So the sales tax is almost null and they're paying their employees almost nothing. So their income taxes is almost null. So what has happened here is there's almost this promise of this will provide more value for for the area, for but, the it area doesn't. but it doesn't it actually it actually eats up value yeah. for the area because it takes up a larger piece of land than the units before and gives less money back. Yeah, and well, do you see what the what KC legislation did as far as like people because people are building condominiums. That's all they're building downtown right now is yeah. new places to live. Yeah. But did you see what they did for the, for the tax breaks. If you if you want to take advantage of the Kansas City tax breaks, you have to include a certain number of units that are affordable housing units. Oh, uh, that's interesting. So you have to include a few units that are under a thousand dollars a month. That's interesting. Yeah, there's something uh, this guy with the strong towns idea. He's been traveling doing conferences and stuff in the city planning world and he's getting well, I would hope that he's traveling. (laughs) I hope that he's not just like I wrote a book called strong towns and I've never left mine. (laughs) And so he's he's actually starting to make waves in the city planning world and people are starting to be like, okay, there's something to this. Yeah, Um, but his big point is is this could never be successful um, because because it relies so much on the downtown, but then the downtown's giving away their revenue. Well, here, here's here's what's here's what's even more difficult about it. So you not only do you have units that are taking up larger land because now you have malls and Walmarts that are getting yeah. those tax breaks, taking up massive chunks of land, and a lot of them are actually uh, passing off things like their parking lot to the city to maintain. So the city has that exactly. liability using resources, yeah, to maintain it, but they're not getting income as if they would have had multi-use units in there as the cities of the past. And even beyond that, single-family homes in the past were relatively rare. Um, most of the time in cities, you would have multifamily homes um, or buildings with uh, multiple unit use types. I was just reading about how the nuclear family is a modern invention. Before the 1920s, mm-hmm. the nuclear family of mom, dad, kids 
Yeah, uh, it, it didn't really exist. Yeah, it was pretty rare because it was multi multi generational families. Yeah, you would have your grandparents and like, yeah. your cousins would we live all with you. Live like, in yeah. the same mm-hmm. you know building or mm-hmm. and so area. then area. So then those units, those single units on a plot of land, would be worth more tax revenue because there was more um, more people there to pay taxes and there was more properties there that people own to pay taxes and more people are living there. So they're spending money there. Yeah. Yep. Um, But this compound, do you think a lot of the problems that we've created in the, in the fifties and sixties and seventies are things that are irreversible now or because it seems like there's been enough loopholes and enough big businesses that have taken advantage of it. Like you can't just change things on Amazon now. Yeah. You know, I I don't think it's, I don't think anything's irreversible. I think it's, I think there's a lot. It's a lot. I think it would be be a very hard turn and so many people would fight against it. A hundred percent. And that's the issue with strong towns, which we'll get to that in a second. Um, Did he also write a book called weak towns? Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So the bigger issue with the suburbs, even bigger than this tax problem is that not only are each of their plots of land in their city worth less tax revenue to them, they yeah. are one larger, yep. um, so they have a higher infrastructure liability. They have to maintain all the roads. They have to maintain all the sewers. They have to maintain all the gas lines, electric lines, water lights, whatever. Um, and they cover a lot more land than their population can sustain versus how much infrastructure they have. Yeah. So the cost is higher than the income that they have. Right, for sure. And that multiplies when you figure the fact that in the suburbs, so many people, like you said before, rely on the city in the center. Yep. So people don't work there. They go into the city yep. and they feed that economy by working in that economy and they pay their income taxes to the city because that's where they work, not in their suburb. And then when they're in the city, they're working, they're going to restaurants in the city, they're going to stores in the city, and then they're coming home. Um, Or when they go out on the weekend, the city has better entertainment, so they travel to the city and they feed the city's economy, which feeds the city's tax wealth, not their suburbs. And so the suburbs are in a situation where they are not so the city's getting that revenue. Yes, the city's getting the revenue off, off of sales tax and inc- income taxes, but the suburb cities are having to maintain the Walmart parking lots and stuff. Yeah, and they're having to maintain all the roads and everything in there. Um, but people don't have to do everything in that city. And so they tr- often travel to other suburbs and to the main city mm. to um, conduct business and make purchases and find inter- entertainment inter- entertaining things to do on the weekend. So they interesting. They are feeding that economy and thus taking away from their economy. And so what we see happen um, and we now have the data to watch this is as you look at suburbs. Well, and it's, you know, I heard a proverb when I was in youth group all the time that the fed dog wins. What? You know, whichever dog you feed wins. Oh, I thought you meant like the federal Did dog. Did you hear that when you, were, like, when you were growing up like in youth group and they would always, yeah, yeah. for some reason, they would always be like, this is a Native American tale. And you're just like, why are you including this detail? But anyway, they'd be like, uh, what was that? I was just going to drink. You, you were going to drink. I did drink. You drank this water? Yeah, I just, I just leaned it and just, why'd you, you know, do just that? Like, kind of like, yeah, I don't think you should do that. <laughs> I did it. Oh, <laughs> is this is it chlorinated? <laughs> oh yeah, I mean like well, pretty heavily. I mean, uh, that's okay. I've done it before. <laughs> Why'd you do that? <laughs> okay. Anyway, <laughs> so was that your bit? That was, that was what you're waiting on. That was on, the huh? bit that I was. All right. Do you want a mug to drink out of? I have a mug. This was just. <laughs> What else you got down there? <laughs> oh, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> what if I start pulling things back? Pulling items. <laughs> we should do an episode while we're snorkeling. Anyway, so <laughs> so what happens? Okay, but here's no 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 okay, no. Yeah, I was yeah, finishing yeah, the thing. Yeah. When you're in youth the group, fed dog. the fed dog. You know, there's like uh, they're just you know it's just like uh, two dogs. They're in a fight, you know, the one that you feed is going to win and yeah. they did it a whole like starve your fears. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, you got to feed your faith mm-hmm. and starve your fears. Yeah. Because you feed your faith, your faith's going to win. Yeah. Do you hear that you all the time? Fears. Yeah, I've heard that. I heard that all the time, especially when I traveled that evangelist. That was one of his favorite things. We should make a, a fed dog shirt, but it's like fed dog. Fed, and it's, it's like wearing a, like an FBI jacket. I was just say, it's, like, it's a dog that has like glasses, glasses on and everything. Yeah, yeah, it's on our website. You can dog. buy it. <laughs> I love that. Um, so what would happen is you can also buy a shirt that is our till and set that just says tubbing it. <laughs> That's also it's in tubbing the YouTube it. description right now. Uh, so the uh, um, 
the issue here, and yeah. we have the data to watch this now, is the infrastructure in these suburbs have about a 30-year life cycle. So the, okay. suburb, the suburban towns have enough revenue to maintain and sustain. But the second they have to start to replace, they cannot afford it. And so yeah. at about 30 years, give or take, every suburb starts to decay. Okay. And what happens then is since these suburbs have been insolvent for so long, um, they don't have the revenue to fix everything. They so they have up. to pick and choose. Yeah. And what happens is, is a lot of these neighbors everywhere? start these a lot of these neighborhoods start to fall apart because their pipes start to be ineffective, their sewers start to be ineffective. Uh, so you can't get people grids. to move in. You can't get you can't get revenue bringers to live there. Exactly. So then, yeah, all the all the wealthier individuals in those towns move to the new suburb that just uh, got built the next town over. That has a thirty year life cycle, and that does the same thing after about thirty years. All that infrastructure. Do you starts think that to people decay. eventually move downtown? So here is what's interesting that's happening. If a you look lot at, of people are moving downtown right now. If you look at most major city cities that were lively in that post-war era. Okay. You can follow this this life cycle out. So you see that first ring Houston of suburbs. Houston is probably one of the biggest metro systems I've seen. Like they have their, their suburbs are massive. Yeah, and they just keep going. They just keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so so you follow any of those cities out. Detroit is kind of your your poster child for this. Okay. But any city has this uh, where your first set of suburb suburban towns outside the city um, were the ones built in the 50s, 60s. And yeah. so those have already decayed. And if you look at them, that's like North Kansas City. Yeah. All those neighborhoods are the neighborhoods that are falling apart. Yeah. With just there are the people the who live there are trash. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, the places. <laughs> the, their places Alex lives in North Kansas City. <laughs> <laughs> there are places where the homes are falling apart um, and and uh, the value of those neighborhoods has gone down, gone down and the cities can't sustain. But then what happens police. is investors go, that's cheap property. Mm-hmm. So, so it's just a cycle. Well, well, that's that's not clear yet because that's okay. a new thing. And then You're right, you, we haven't lived through the cycle enough. You, you spread the city out to the ones that were built in the 80s and 90s. And those are the ones that are just now starting this process of decay. Okay. And so they're starting to fall apart and people are starting to take their flight out. And so in the mid 2000s um, and the early 2010s, you saw this new boom of this new era of suburban homes. Okay. Um, and now those neighborhoods in the 80s and 90s. So you almost have two rings of these suburban areas that were once the area where the wealthy lived and they they migrated out and then they migrated out. This last era is a really interesting era because that's when gentrification really started. Yeah, people started moving back into the urban centers and then to that first ring of neighborhoods because property was super cheap and renovating that property. And so this is the this is kind of the time where it's so do the people who lived in the city before now have to move to the rundown suburbs. Yes. Yeah. And so it's basically what's happening is wherever the wealthy people migrate out of is where like a ripple the effect. middle class and like they, they move in and push the people out mm-hmm. which pushes lower income out mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly and the issue with this is very interesting because I, I'm really interested and I haven't seen anybody talk about this but I'm really interested to watch what happens over the next uh, like 20 ish years whenever yeah. the most recent suburban boom starts to collapse um, because it will everything in the past two urban booms shows us these will so your collapse. house that you live in mm-hmm. in 15 years you're gonna have to get out of it well not even because my be- my house was built in 71 and so honestly my neighborhood's on the back end where it's getting to the point where it's going to hit this decay point um, oh so you gotta get has. out soon yeah so I if I want to avoid this I need to get out soon and it's evidence and hype house and it's <laughs> it's what if we live together right remember we used to be roommates okay I remember now, that you know I'll get married to somebody <laughs> <laughs> it's my third anniversary uh, and then uh, we could just all live together yeah that's a good idea let's get back to you know not even multi-generational but multi-family homes you know like a common yeah, let's like start a, our own city let's start a call too. <laughs> hey if you're listening to this if you're a Tillon listener just outside of kansas city we're starting there's this place called osceola they have really good fudge there's this place we're starting a marijuana mecca okay <laughs> <laughs> oh, if people don't understand that reference, we did an episode. Please don't think that we're anyway. Shacking uh, <laughs> up, uh, <laughs> talking about your nipple layer. Wow, this is an explicit episode. Now, here's the, here's the thing. You yeah. might as well say a cuss word. You want to say one together? Yeah, ready? One, two, three. <laughs> crap. Uh, <laughs> so, wow, look at us. You know, just losing our 14 year old audience. 
Hey, thank you so much for checking out Things I Learned Last Night. Uh, if you like what we're doing and want to help us do more of it, you want to help us reach more people, please consider joining us on Patreon. It's a way that you can financially support this podcast uh, and help us to reach more people. But also, uh, you'll get a lot of really cool stuff in return. You get early access to episodes, bonus content, and special merch that only gets sent to Patreon supporters. So that is Tillin.com slash join t-i-l-l-n dot com slash j-o-i-n uh, and you can check that out there for more information if not thank you again for even being here and checking out our podcast so here's here's what i'm interested to watch yeah is as this newest form collapses yeah what will happen because people will move back to the city i think it's gonna be a cycle i don't think people will spread out so far i don't know here's well, here's I don't think they will, but at the same time, there is a move in like the tech world to build these bullet trains and the vacuum trains, the underground yeah. vacuum trains that could get you to cities quicker because they're thinking, oh, hey, cities just need to expand more to support the population. Uh, That's not what's happening. Put a pin in that. I really want to talk about that in a second. Um, but uh, what I'm really interested to watch is over time, what you've seen is when this when the suburban area collapses and there's a boom, the middle class moves in to the one that falls apart. And then when that when that one, when the new one bo- falls apart, they move into a new one. The middle class moves up to that one. And then your, your working class, your lower economic class moves into the oldest one. And that's what's happened over history. Um, there will be a point where that means if this cycle continues the way it's cycling, there's too many houses. They have to move the, the lowest income class would need to move would theoretically need to be moving into the houses we're building now. But in the 2000 eras, the houses that we're building now are not sustainable for someone who is making a lower income right because they're huge. They're massive. We're you building can't giant them. houses. Yeah, yeah, you can't you can't pay for the the bills. Same thing with like a luxury size. car. It was, as soon as someone wins the lottery, they buy a luxury car, but they can't afford to stay in a luxury car. Exactly. And so the which is why I drive a Honda Civic. <laughs> so unless unless the TikTok money is not coming in that much unless gentrification is the what happens right. and people move back into the city, but even still you would still have those people would have so to do you go think somewhere. that towns like Mount Vernon like small towns are going to see a boom. I mean they would uh, eventually if this continues it's the the suburban area is just going to spread and so spread you have the working class people who have to drive an hour and a half to their job. That's the issue. Mm-hmm. You now have these neighborhoods these suburbs that, suburbs that were built in the 2000s of houses that are way too big for anybody any working class person to support financially. Right. Um, even though the land value might have dropped and they can afford to buy into the house, they can't afford to upkeep that. They can't afford to pay the bills for that. Uh, it's too big. Uh, and so I'm curious what will happen because to me, I'm like, they're not going to be able to move there because one is too big, but two, they can't commute that long. Yeah. It makes sense to commute 45 minutes to an hour and you're making a hundred grand a year, but if you're making 30 grand a year, yeah. you're just going to find a different job. Um, hopefully or not move, <laughs> you know? And so it just doesn't make sense for that. But that's where people are stuck, dude. I mean, mm-hmm. like, you know, I've got, so I got friends who live down in Olathe and they can't find a job down there. So they work up here in the Northland. Yeah, that's true. You know, and that's it's true. just like, dude, you're driving 45 minutes for a minimum wage you know, close to minimum wage job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong on that, but I'm curious to watch what happened with so these giant neighborhoods. Is there a population boom or not? Well, so here's what's interesting is population is growing. Um, but with that, you hear people Pretty say exponentially too. Yeah. You hear people talk about it like we're running out of space and cities have to get wider and wider and wider. No, we're not. But what's interesting is when you look at cities in other countries compared to cities in America, um, these cities, city, most cities in other countries don't have this suburbanization thing happening. Uh, most of them are much denser throughout and they just sort of end at one point. They have suburbs since the suburbaniz- since suburbanization happened. Some of these bigger cities started having suburban areas, but it's nothing like America. America's got the suburban sprawl in every city. Um, so for example, if we look at um, Kansas City. Kansas City is a population of about 2.5 million people. The whole metro, uh, like oh, if you okay, yeah, yeah. if you include the entire metro area, it's about 2.5. Okay. Um, that statistical metro area that includes pretty much anybody who's commuting into Kansas City to right. work in this in the city. Um, uh, 2.5 million people, and they take up a, almost 9,000 square miles of land. Okay. London was founded in 47 AD. Uh, so it's been around. Yeah, it's been around for a long time. That's wild. They have a population of almost 15 million They cover um, 3,300 square miles a third of the size of Kansas City Mm -hmm. with 
seven times the amount of people seven times the population because they followed the national growth of the city los angeles is at about i think it was seven thousand square miles and the population uh, for their entire metro is around 19 million so they're a bit bigger um seven thousand square miles they're still smaller mm -hmm. than kansas city Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's what that's that's an interesting phenomenon even in america is as populations grow uh the cities become denser and so your biggest cities in america your new york's your la's your chicago's um, even like Phoenix and Miami, things like that, they become denser and the sprawl starts to starts to slow. So then what so happens then really is that if there's not enough sprawl for people to go to, where do, where does lower income people go? So it, what ends up happening is they're they, forced out. I, I don't think they're forced out. I think they end up in the higher density areas where mm, there's smaller yeah. homes or smaller apartments in higher density units. Um, Wow. But what is interesting to give you perspective, I say as I live in a pretty small apartment, London, 3,300 square miles, the Springfield Metro uh, includes. So that includes probably Mount Vernon, Branson. So the whole any, anywhere where people, all that it includes Nixa Republic. Definitely Ozark. Definitely. But anyways, 3,000 square miles. So so 15 million people crammed there could live in that area, which is why and no one drives what, there. You can't drive yeah. in that. And that's people, what's, what's New York natural. What's Manhattan? I don't know exactly offhand what Manhattan is. I know Manhattan's pretty small itself, sure. but the New York Metro is much larger. Right. right, right. Um, but um, that's pretty crazy. I don't know. I don't know. Do you think people are moving to cities out of small towns? Oh, yeah, there's there's definitely a uh, statistically much more people in America live in urban areas than live in hmm. uh, uh, rural areas today. Most people are moving into cities, uh, but it's not. I mean, it's not this. I don't know. It's not insane. Yeah. Um, it's not like a emergency. <laughs> yeah. Some people are making it like there's this great migration. Mm-hmm. But what? So what we did is we built these built to suit cities that can't sustain themselves. What's interesting to me is in some of these cities that we'll go to, there almost seems to be sub suburbs. Yeah. Yeah. And they're so so that's what that's a really interesting thing that's happening. And those are what I think might be the saving grace for a lot of cities. So you have these suburbs like like Overland Park or um, in Atlanta, you have Buckhead or Denver has DIA yeah. where they have, um, I, I call it the uh, Silicon Valley effect where it's yeah. a suburb of a major city, but a bunch of businesses have boomed there and built major office spaces, which have sparked convention centers to move in, yeah. which brought Atlanta hotels. Called the Buckhead blondes. Cause that's where like the rich people live. <laughs> exactly. And, and then that brings a new suburb in that area. And then yeah. something strange happens where those attract people from outside that suburb to come to that suburb and then a new suburb comes in. I think those are the only suburban areas that have a shot of living because then because they, they build their they, own economy. Yeah, they can sustain themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not leeching off of that city. What as happens much as if a city suburbs. dies? So that's what's happening in Detroit right now. And that's yeah. what's very interesting is that city itself has lost so much in industry that the suburbs before they were leeching off that city. Now they the city is leeching off the suburbs. Yeah, and now it's nobody off itself. Nobody can take care of their debts to yeah. f- to repair. It's anything. like that super unhealthy friend group you've been a part of, right? Where <laughs> you're like really unhealthy, and your friends really unhealthy, and then like you guys are just like encouraging each other. Like, should I text? Like, should I? I should like I should hunt that girl down. <laughs> I should go over there. You know, I see she just I see that she just posted a picture of Mudhouse. I'm gonna go show up at Mudhouse. Here's here's what makes me nervous: is these new suburbs. I don't see. I don't see right now unless they so level it. Are the people in Detroit angry? Yeah. Are they? No, no, no. Yeah. I mean, like you know how like people like Boston, they got like that. Nah, I'm mad kind of thing. You know, yeah. people in Detroit got that thing. I they should know. call it Roy Rage. <laughs> if they are, you know, like when you get Roy Rage. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> I hate that so much. Anyway, finish what you're saying. I think the only possible way that this newest ring of suburbs yeah. can survive is if they level it because there's no way anybody is going to live there. All the businesses are going to move out and it's proven even even a lot. Most businesses will only stay in their, their locations for about 10 years. So the life cycle of those businesses is shorter because that's when their tax breaks end. So yeah. they move out. That's why that's why your Walmart in your town is never there for more than 15 years because it runs out of <laughs> tax breaks and it moves out to a few blocks away. Well, as you say, yeah, the one like, why in, are they building a new Walmart? They have a perfectly good one right down the street. Well, the one in my town built it on the property right behind. Yeah, because because they're like, oh, we can buy that and get the same tax, get break. the same tax breaks, and it's cheaper to the revenue than I to renovate it. Corporations. Yeah, and so so all the businesses will move out, 
and then all the people will move out. And I think in this one, people won't be able to move in. Small businesses won't be able to afford to move in. Yeah, there's no you can't put a small business in a Walmart. Yeah, lower lower income people won't be. That's when I see all these Kmart's for sale. Yeah, and I'm just like, who's gonna buy that? The only just thing the that could church. go there is, I was gonna say, is a mega church. Exactly. That's literally the only thing that could go there exactly. in my head. Exactly. And so, unless you chop it into smaller. Yeah, exactly. And that's 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 the issue that the sub- suburban world is. Is I think, I in my head, the way I see this happening is your downtown and your your close ring of your first suburbs will get totally gentrified and be incredibly wealthy. And then you'll have your first wing where that's that's your Which lowest is what's income. happening in Kansas City. Yeah, your first ring is your lowest income and then your middle class. And then what I'm actually think might happen is this most recent ring. Nobody will be able to afford it. They'll have to tear down trailer parks. Yeah, it'll either get torn down or it'll just be a massive ring of ghost towns around the city. And then there'll be a new suburb built outside of it. That's incredibly wealthy. Wow. Um, because that's the route that it's going. And yeah. this one is just so much more unsustainable than the previous suburbs. And so the guy who wrote strong towns talks about how he's like, he's like, we need to get away from this model and start building multi-use buildings again, yeah. especially in suburbs because the suburbs can't sustain themselves unless they start to do that. Um, and so his, his, his kind of point is we need to go back to the way people have done it throughout history because that's the better way to build a city. We can't build, we can't buy 300 acres and build a shopping mall on it and say, hey, we're building to the last level of growth because you don't know that that can sustain that right, yet. Right, right. You haven't proven it. You haven't let it grow. You just built on it and started from the top. And then when that Hear shuts down, out. what happens? You have a massive empty parking lot. What if you sell yeah. your house? Yeah. You and I go in together on a Kmart. <laughs> we build a mega house, a podcast <laughs> studio. All right. Okay. We build a room. We build an indoor train. house. What about a trampoline park? Why not? Okay. We've got we've got a podcast studio. Okay. We've got two 18 hole golf courses. Oh we've got a ski lodge <laughs> and to top it all off a mirror maze. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they got to turn these suburbs into is just giant mirror just mazes. Giant mirror you can drive through you drive, drive through, through a mirror maze drive through a mirror maze. <laughs> so when you're on the interstate, you, you don't have to see re- the light. You call it a rear view mirror maze. Come on. <laughs> come on. You have to back through it. It's pretty dangerous. <laughs> Yikes. Well, yeah, dude. So the suburbs are a mess and they're doomed to fail. Um, this guy goes as far as to call him a Ponzi scheme. He's like, they, yeah, they are because it's, it's really like when you buy a house, they're like you. You bought that house and then in five years, if that development goes under, you're the last person who invested in it. Yeah, so you're screwed. stuck with that loss. Yeah, so basically because that's, that's all that these businesses are is just it's just a matter of return on investment for the original mm-hmm. investors mm-hmm. and then just stick the loss with somebody else. Yep, yep. So basically the thing I've learned in this whole cycle, which I learned after I bought my house, which is unfortunate, yeah. is when you buy a house or any property for that matter, you can still sell look it. At, look at the life cycle of that suburb. Yeah. And where they're at. Are you close to that part where their infrastructure is going to break down? Because it's it's different for every city and different based on what they built, but it's roughly thirty years is what they How get. How far is Blue Springs from downtown? Um, I don't know. I think it's like I mean it takes I me have about a show in Kansas minutes. City and I posted on Facebook about it and someone from Blue Springs commented and said, Let me know when you're in Blue Springs. Just drive to, yeah. It's literally like I mean, it'll take me like twenty-one minutes. If to you do that to me, if you're like looking at my tour schedule and you're like, "When's Jaren coming to a city near me?" and he looks and you're like, "Oh, that's twenty minutes away." I'll wait till he's closer. I hate you. <laughs> I don't ever want you to come to my show. They probably won't. They probably I mean, won't. It's too far away. What do you mean? To, what do you mean? To, you want me? To, you want to DoorDash a comedy show? You want me to come to ring your little ring doorbell and do it in your camera? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, his whole proposal is we we've built. Car centric cities. What's the solution? Yeah, we built car centric cities. So he wants to. His solution is we need to get away from car centric cities. It's kind of you mentioned it in our fifteen minute cities. You you mentioned it in our our mall episode. Yep. our American Dream, where it's like you. you I I think you can see it in the video where you you said yeah that was the vision for malls originally was that you live there you work there you play there and I kind of like paused because I was like in the middle of this research and I was like. Yeah, that's the vision for cities, <laughs> right? right, right well, I was just saying like so the, right now what they're doing is these 15 minute cities where all mm-hmm. of your needs would be within a yep. 15 minute walk yep, and that's exactly. what they're trying to do in Seattle. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to do in Bentonville, Arkansas, like mm-hmm. they're trying to, to make those kind of things exactly um, which would and here's where you're gonna get lost in messaging. Here's where it's difficult is that as soon as you make it about like cars or whatever, I think people feel like they give up their autonomy that way. Yep, exactly. and so the ultra conservative side of people goes, well, 
you know, I want to keep my car. And then as soon as you yeah. make it like, oh, you know, less cars, less emissions, then they're like, oh, cool. That's not even real anymore. You know, yeah, so there's exactly. so many like messaging hurdles it, you have to yeah. jump over. It's really tough because because anybody who lives in the suburbs, you enjoy the freedom that the suburbs have given you. And to the yes. solution, the solution to this problem solution literally is, is multifamily homes. You, went, you don't want to live in a multifamily home. Right. Yeah. Well, you went to the suburbs for the space and for the less crowding mm-hmm. and to own your own land. Like you yeah. have your own plot of land. You have your own house. You have your own car. Like it's all your own where yeah. the solution is multifamily um, in city anyway. Yeah. Or move to a town like a small town. Yeah. Yeah. True. You know, I mean, if you if you got an online business now, though, you can mm-hmm. live in the middle of nowhere. It's true. It's true. So um, I just choose to live in the city because I kind of want to do things still. There's a city in Saudi Arabia, a proposed city. It hasn't started, but the government proposed a city. That's a straight line, a hundred mile straight line. And the idea of this city, which sounds stupid um, and it, it kind of is, but it's not at the same time. So the idea is that there's no roads. And so the city is a clump of it's a hundred miles of straight lines of clumps of buildings. And so there are towers, skyscrapers, uh, lofts, apartments that runs down the middle. Or what? Well, what's the way it works is everything is within walking distance in that clump. And there's all your services, all your businesses, all right. Your, everything's in that 15. She uh, that walking what, multiple distance. great clips in well, this big building. <laughs> well, here's what's interesting about it. Let me tell you what's interesting. Uh, this is what's interesting. Please tell me what's interesting. They have an underground network. So the network underground, the first layer of the underground is your shipping network. And so that's shipping up and down the whole city. Okay. Uh, goods and services, basically. And then the layer Delivery. below that is there the vacuum tunnels for the vacuum trains that could go from one end to the other in 15 minutes. And the layer below that is for the low income people. <laughs> The tunnel, tunnel people. <laughs> it's the tunnel, tunnel town. Tunnel town. <laughs> it's the Saudi Arabia tunnel town. Tunnel town. Like, this works in Vegas. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so the idea is that you live in this area where you don't need to ever really go outside this 15 minute range. Here's my but problem, if you do, though. you can. You just get on that bullet train. If I do multifamily units, right? Let's say yeah. I live in a skyscraper. Yeah. Where am I going to put my hot tub? <laughs> where does it go? And that's that's the problem. That's um, the reason this happened is because American consumerism took off in that post-war era yeah. and everybody wants more space, more stuff, more things yeah. and they can get it cheaper. That's and why easier. Matt, you know, the owner of the breakout and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, he says that cause I had an idea for a ping pong bar. Yeah. Like, you know how you got billiards halls and all that stuff. Just make yeah. a whole thing with a bunch of ping pong tables. And he said that it works great in New York or Los Angeles, but not in the Midwest because most people can fit a ping pong table in their in the house. house. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so which is what I'm getting rid of the podcast studio. We're doing this forever, <laughs> and that's my ping pong room. That's your ping pong room. Your yeah. pong, your pong place. My pong, pong palace. Pong. <laughs> you hated it so much. You didn't want to laugh at it. Why didn't you want to laugh at that, Tim? You don't want to give me the satisfaction of that one. Pong palace. Because I wanted the alliteration. Ah, <laughs> uh, you were trying. Oh, we'll go back in time. Ready? So I have a ping pong room. A, yeah, be your uh, pong palace. My pong palace. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Fiddle off, dude. (laughs)